the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Well, on today's program, a special visit with a Bay Area native. Talk about growing where you're planted. We're pleased to have join us in the conversation the senior pastor of Victory Baptist Church of Fremont, Pastor Devin Ortiz. Pastor Ortiz, welcome. Good to have you with us today. Thank you. It's my honor and privilege to be able to be a part of this. Uh, Bay Area native. Sometimes that sounds almost like a, an endangered species in that it's it's so rare. Uh, I think we are certainly outnumbered by the folks that have come from not only across the state, across the nation, but literally from across the world to adopt the San Francisco Bay Area as home. I'm wondering from your perspective, you've been involved in full-time ministry, my goodness, almost 20 years. Does that present some challenges, in your opinion, in terms of having to deal with differing cultures, differing languages, differing backgrounds, all coming to a place like Silicon Valley and the greater San Francisco Bay Area? Well, absolutely. You have so many different uh, cultures and so many different ideals that come into this area. Uh, when I, when I went into the ministry, I knew very well that God was calling me to this area because I felt like it was the front lines. I felt like this is, this is the, the mission field. This is the, you know, this is homeland. This is my home turf. And um, I felt like I can have it all wrapped up in one. But as I got into ministry, I began to recognize that because we live so close to the Silicon Valley and the economy here is... <laughs> ever fluctuating <laughs> and housing prices are incredible here. And uh, I began to notice that a lot of people's mindset is focused on, you know, career and work. And, and while that's great, it, it does create a challenge in, in getting people's faithfulness to the house of God, because Sundays are such a peak day to, to make money in this area. Um, and then as families get older, they, here make good money and then they go somewhere that's a little more cheaper and so uh, we've lost in the last three years we probably lost a good 20 families that have moved on to uh, different areas throughout the country and and so that's uh, that does pose a challenge because it almost feels like uh, a continual need to uh, start over but it's also exciting in when you work in the ministry like that as well that, that sense of that transient population, which I think is very true. I think some of the surveys have indicated that on average folks will stay five years before resettling. That might be a, a differing job opportunity or the desire to move the kids from, you know, a, a, a busy suburban area to now maybe quiet countryside, things of that sort. But I guess at the end of the day, it's all a matter of perspective. Is the glass half empty or is it half full? I would wonder if uh, how you see these challenges in light of the notion that, you know, 
historically, some folks, if they talk about wanting to be engaged in world missions, it used to mean studying for a couple of years another language, learning about a culture, raising support, getting a passport, taking the family overseas, setting down roots, kind of getting a lay of the land for maybe a year or two, then beginning a church plant. It was time-intensive, it was money-intensive, and sometimes the results were not always the, the desired. Now, of course, we've learned that equipping nationals to do local work is far more effective, both in terms of, of the finance as well as the, the amount of time that it takes to get that momentum for a new church plant going. But then conversely so, I guess that means that here in the San Francisco Bay Area, we can work in the mission field. We don't even need the passport because we're already here. This is home. Absolutely. And I th- it's exciting because just the other the other day, um, I, I try to... I try to keep the missions mindset as I'm as I'm going out doing my different uh, things, the mundane tasks of every day. And uh, it was interesting. I, I was picking up some pumpkins for a, a Sunday that we were having for our kids, um, and we'll you know throw a bunch of pumpkins out on the lawn, and they can pick out their own pumpkins. And it's always a kind of an exciting Sunday for us. But as I was at the store picking them out, we had uh, a few families come out, and uh, they see my carts full of pumpkins, and they're. They're just looking at me like, wow, what are you doing? I said, oh, I just really like pumpkins. <laughs> and uh, uh, they uh, um, see my one of uh, a Hindu family came up to me and said, oh, uh, well, is this is this for a, uh, a charity? And I said, it's actually for a church. And uh, I said, I asked them if they've ever been. And they said, uh, oh, we've been invited several times, but we've never been. And how interesting as they, you know, we, we, we will have people pop in regularly from different um, different instances like that. I have a man in the church right now who uh, I met just out um, looking for a car. It was my car salesman, and uh, he was from the south. and And uh, he says, "So now, what do you do?" And I said, "I'm a pastor of a Baptist church." He goes, "There's no Baptist churches out here." And I said, "Absolutely, there is." And he goes, "No way." He goes, well, "Where are you at?" And I told him where we're at here on a mission in Fremont. And he goes, I live nearby there. I've never seen a Baptist church there. And I said, well, as you're driving by, it, it, it can be confused as a convalescent home. <laughs> and so, uh, but um, he, uh, um, he definitely uh, started coming to church and started becoming more faithful. And, and uh, it's just exciting to be able to be a part of something like that. And it's interesting you share that story because I think uh, it goes to the core of the job that every one of us have here in the San Francisco Bay Area as believers. And then that is the the notion of being... having a greater degree of visibility. I think sometimes Christians think that, well, my faith is a very personal, it's a private thing. What happens if I say something to someone and all of a sudden they're of a differing faith, they might be offended. And so I think sometimes it's an excuse that we sort of hide behind in failing to recognize that, you know, the mandate from the very beginning was to go out to the highways and byways and compel them to come in and to see the need of reaching out to uh, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And I think maybe in one respect, we've been given a very golden opportunity here because while it can be looked as the glass half empty, I think that half full perspective of what a wonderful opportunity that we can reach virtually every tribe, every tongue, so to speak, uh, and 
do it by simply going out our own front door. And I think the notion of Christians being more visible, not in an offensive way, you know, we, we don't want to be going around, you know, beating people over the head. But uh, I think when you turn on the light in the middle of the darkness, people appreciate that. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, I try to tell our people, I, I say, when we try to share the Word of God, we can't be using it as a hammer. A hammer is a blunt object that um, would cause immediate pain, but it's more, it's a, it's a sword. It's a surgical instrument. It, it's, it's careful. It's, it, it's tactful in the way that we, we use it. And I, I think as we give the gospel, I think there needs to be a discerning spirit in, uh, is this person, is this person ready? Uh, am I, should I just invite them to our service? Should I talk to them about the gospel? Should I tell them about, you know, and, and being able to have that ability to understand where to go with the gospel. Jesus often would use questions to pull things out of people. And uh, I like to use questions a lot in, in dealing with people because I feel like I learn so much more and then it gives me the ability to know where to go with the gospel. Pastors, folks have been eavesdropping on our conversation today. Maybe they're new to the San Francisco Bay Area and looking for a church home. Tell us a bit about what God is doing at Victory Baptist Church there in Fremont. Well, Victory Baptist Church is a, uh, I, I like to call it a classical Baptist church. It's just, I, I'd like to, our church to feel the fit in any time, any generation. Um, we're not seeking to we're not seeking for to be modern. We're not seeking to be old-fashioned. We just want to be a church where people can grow, worship. Uh, they can uh, um, bring their family to be a part of it, serve within different ministries. Um, we've been able to, uh, for the last 21 years, in fact, this, is our, this Sunday is our anniversary, 21 years serving in this area. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, my brother-in-law started this church back in 2002. And uh, he started it in from elementary school, and we bounced around from elementary school to elementary school to uh, small church to another church to another. We, we met in backyards and at parks for a little while, and uh, God has been so good to us to uh, allow us to be at this property here in Mission, uh, on Mission Boulevard here in Fremont. And we have, uh, for the last few years, God has uh, allowed us to not only be a witness, but also during COVID, we were able to raise almost $75,000 worth of food for the local food banks. And uh, we, we held drive-in church where we, we had church uh, cars parked in our church lot, and we still held church here. Everyone was in their car, and we, we met outside for uh, almost a year uh, under no, any condition that was out there, we met outside and we still had church. And our whole thing is just wanting to serve God and wanting to do it the right way, as best as we can, as best as we can, uh, with the understanding that we're all frail, we're all going to make mistakes, and it's, we're all growing. Well, you know, broken vessels, but the good news is the the the, the potter is in the, the in the clay restoration business. And that's, that's an exciting thing. I want to uh, share with folks, if you are new to the Bay Area, you'd like to check out Victory Baptist Church. They meet at 4546 Mission Boulevard in Fremont. That's 40546 Mission Boulevard in Fremont. And you can get details on their website at vbc.org. There's a couple of hyphens in there. So it's V for victory, hyphen B for Baptist, hyphen C for church. So 
v-b-c.org. We, we can make a rhyme out of that one, too. And if you want, you can call the church for more information, area code 510-270-8323. That's 510-270-8323. Tell us, Pastor, about service times. Our service times, we have a 9, nine o'clock service in the morning, and uh, we have a 5 p.m. Sunday uh, evening, and then we have our midweek at uh, 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. And if you had to describe your pulpit ministry um, in, a, in a couple of words, kind of give us a summary of, of what really is the passion and heartbeat of Pastor Devin Ortiz when you step up and proclaim God's Word. Uh, I, I, like to, I like to go verse by verse um, and, and preach with as much fire as I can. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean I, I, I go crazy up there or anything like that, but I, I, I'm excitable. I, I I, I speak with a little a little passion, and uh, I believe that's important when we go through God's word. And uh, but I don't want to miss out on teaching. What is what does God's word truly mean? And defining some of these words that we don't often use within our day to day language, and and maybe even go over some of the culture. And so I, I guess it's more teaching and preaching with passion. That's kind of my whole. Philosophy. And you know what, brother? When you dive in, uh, I think that's the only way to go. When you when you really begin to have the Holy Spirit quicken to your heart, uh, what's inside of this love letter called God's Word? Uh, I don't think there's any other way you can deliver it except with a sense of passion, focusing on equipping the saints, evangelism of the lost, and ultimately edification of the body of Christ. Victory Baptist Church of Fremont again at forty five forty six Mission Boulevard. Details on the web at v hyphen b hyphen c. And our thanks to Pastor Devin Ortiz for being with us today. Pastor Ortiz, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. I do appreciate it. I want to talk to us this morning about proving God. You go online and you type prove God. Most of the videos you're going to get are going to be people trying to prove the existence of God. In fact, this morning, I, I just, I, I was thinking about that, and so I, I, went, on to, uh, uh, I went on to YouTube and typed, uh, uh, Prove God, and sure enough, the first five videos are how to prove the existence of God, and you'll have someone, uh, oh, we have, the, we have the very crown of thorns that sat on his head, we have, his, we have the nails that, that were there now, and we have the, 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 his, his robes that are there. You have people that will come up with very quippy answers in order to try to prove the existence of God. And by the way, some of them are very good. But you know, most of the time in Scripture, we are not to prove God. What do you mean by that? Usually when we, when we uh, see in Scripture the idea of proving, it's a proving of us to God. Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2, if you would go there for just a moment. I, w- I want to show you this. Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2, verse number 22. 
says this, that through them I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein as their fathers did keep it or not. What what is he saying? He's saying, Israel, I want to prove whether or not you will actually follow after me. we go just go over a chapter uh judges chapter 3 verse number 1 now these are the nations which the lord left why to prove israel by them even as many uh, of israel uh, as had known all the wars of canaan we see uh, here he 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 leaves these nations in order to prove them uh, we find david talking about this idea of being proved. Would you go with me to uh, Psalm 17? Psalm 17. Psalm 17, look at verse, uh, we'll, we'll start in verse number one. It says, Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry, give ear unto my prayer, that goeth out, uh, not out of feign lips. The word feign means fake let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast, notice, proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. We find, we find again in, in Psalm 26. Would you go to Psalm 26? Verse number one, judge me, O Lord. For I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. Verse 2, examine me, O Lord. And notice, and prove me. He's not saying, Lord, I, I need to prove that you're worth being trusted. No, he says, prove me. We find in Psalm 66. Would you go with me to Psalm 66? Psalm 66. Look look here uh, uh, as we read verse number 10. It says, For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Here we see God proving or trying his people. Notice how it's always us towards God, not God for us. In fact, the the one mention of us trying to have God prove to us something is found in Psalm 95. Let's go to Psalm 95. Are we doing okay this morning? Are we all right? Psalm 95. It's a a praise. It says, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Hey, I believe it's so important for Christians to sing out. I I really believe that. I I was at, uh, uh, how many of you know KFAX? KFAX on the radio, you've heard of K. I went to their, uh, the, their uh, pastor's appreciation lunch, and several pastors, probably 300, 
400 pastors uh, from uh, all over the Bay Area were there. And uh, there was a, a preacher that was there, uh, and, and he, he preached. And we, the, uh, one of the uh, uh, shelters, their, all their cooks that they basically re- rehabilitated in Christ, uh, they, they, they give them the gospel, they teach them how to cook. They made barbecue chicken and barbecue, it was so good. They did such an amazing job. And we, as we were there, uh, 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 Napoleon Kaufman, he's the, he, he, he was a, a, a Hall of Fame uh, a football player for the, the Oakland Raiders. Not the, not the Las Vegas, Oakland Raiders. Don't even get me started on that. But now he's a pastor in Livermore. And his, his worship team came up and they began to sing, and obviously not the same way we, we do worship here. But one thing I was, I was, I was looking, and, and it, it was obviously, I know we sing hymns, and it's old-fashioned, and some, some may say, well, Pastor, it'd be, it'd be a lot better if we sang more modern songs. I, so I'm, I'm, here I'm trying it a little bit. And they, they, had, they had the whole band. We're talking about one of the best worship teams in the Bay Area. They were, they were playing, they were singing. And by the way, their voices were astronomical. The band was incredible. But they were the only ones singing. The only ones that were singing were the people up there. It was a concert, not a worship service. And yes, there were people that were swaying back and forth, but you find that at a concert all the time. You know what was missing? The whole congregation lifting up their voice before God and singing out praises to His name. It doesn't matter if it's old-fashioned, traditional, or if it's brand new. Let me tell you something. The way people sing comes from the heart, not the style of music. And here we, 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 we see, come, let us sing praises in the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise. He, he, he talks about, verse number two, let us come before the presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise with psalms. But then we get to verse eight. Harden not your heart as in the day of provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Notice this. When your fathers t- uh, tempted me, proved me and saw my work. He's not saying that in a good manner. He's saying that when they hardened their heart, here's what they did. They tried to have God prove Himself to them. That's a problem. However, we get to Malachi. Let's go back to our text here in Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. We get to Malachi chapter 3. And God here, as He's speaking to His prophet, tells the, the children of Israel to bring their tithes and offerings into the storehouse so that their storehouse is full so they have meat. Well, what, what is this? This is not the same thing as bringing your money to the church. It is not the same. 
Because what is happening here is they, they, they lived off of this meat. People would bring the meat in, and as, as families would come in, they'd say, well, we, we, need some, we need some meat for the house. Okay, how many do you have in the house? We've got five. Okay, here, let, let, let me, uh, we've, got, we've got some uh, five cuts of lamb here for you. Go ahead and take that so that you can eat for today. Oh, here's, here's some bread so you can have with your meat. And they would give from the storehouse. That's why when, when Jesus uh, 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 prayed, He said, give us this day our daily bread. He, he, he's, he's telling them that they were to bring their food in so that way people can be fed. But what was happening? People weren't giving. And why weren't they giving? Well, they weren't giving because they thought, if I give what I have, then I might not have enough. We all understand that, right? Man, if I, if I give, I might not have enough to give. Uh, for, for my gas, I might not have enough for my rent. I might not have enough for uh, uh, if, if, if I need to get groceries. I, I just might not have it. That's understandable, right? It's understandable if all our, our resources depend on us. But these are, the God's, these are God's people. God takes care of his own, does he? I, I, just, I just come from the belief that God is going to take care of me. Amen. Why would He take care of me? Because He loves me. Right? In fact, He tells them that in the beginning of the book. Would you go with me to Malachi chapter 1? Verse number 2. This is God speaking to the people and He says, I have loved you. It doesn't get any more plain than that, right? It's funny. Uh, uh, I, I saw a video of this guy. He, he was saying, he was like, you know, ladies remember everything except the fact that you love them. They, they never in the middle of the night wake up and go, do you love enchiladas? What? I, I, just, I, I, I just have this fear. Do you still love enchiladas? Yeah, I love enchiladas. I don't think you mean it. No, I still love enchiladas. And he, he talked about this whole thing of, of, of forgetting that sometimes, and, and ladies, sometimes you go, hey, do you still love me? You ever, you ever tell that to your spouse? Do you still love me? We do that to God all the time. He says, I have loved you. I gave you my best in Jesus Christ. You know what our answer usually is? Verse number two. Yet ye say, wherein have you loved us? You love me? (laughs) Ah. 
mean, if you love me, I would have been, I, 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 I'd be having brand name clothes right now. If you love me, I, I, my house would be huge and I wouldn't have to worry about the mortgage or the rent. If you love me, I, I'd, have a, I'd have a brand new car. If you love me, if you're looking for a car, Miguel, can I hook you up? If you love me, and I wouldn't have to be struggling at the pump making life-changing decisions. Do I get gas or do I get groceries? Wherein have you loved me? Some of you had that conversation with God. Oh, maybe not out loud, because don't want anyone hearing that I'm angry with God but some of you are angry with God because you don't know that he loves you oh you know it because you hear you hear the song Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so oh yeah I know God loves me but seriously what are you doing for me like that my boss is always telling me that that great song what have you done for me lately Hey God, what, what, what have you done for me? And you know what this breeds? Mistrust. You know what the issue that they were having? It was not an issue of bringing their ties. It was an issue of they didn't trust God. What does proving mean? The word prove here is a Hebrew word, uh, uh, and, and it, it's uh, bakeneni, which means to test, to try, or to examine. Essentially what he's saying here is, and it's the only time he tells us to prove him, it's to try to examine, am I good? Do I provide for you? Will I listen to you? Do I love you? And ultimately, it comes down to the fact that the children of Israel did not trust God. We, 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 we find here that because they didn't trust God, they withheld from God. Uh, there are some things that uh, uh, the mistrust will do uh, in our relationship with God and ultimately our, all of our relationships. Number one, strain fellowship. Here, God is saying, I have loved you. And the people are saying, Really, have you? That's a strain. Because here's what's going to happen. The people, when the, because they don't truly believe that God loves them, they're going to, go to God, uh, they're going to go to God and say, God, would you take care of this and take care of this and take care of this? But in their heart of heart, they know he's not. 
kind of reminds me of the book of James when they said, you pray but you ask amiss. Because we don't trust that God's going to actually do it. So when we pray, eh, uh, it's no wonder why Christians don't sing. I'm sitting right here and I'm, I'm, I'm watching my son. My son, he's got his hymn book down here and he's, I look at him and I'm giving him the stink eye like, sing, boy. Hey, aren't you that forcing that on him? I'm training him. Because I don't want him to come to church and, and fake it. I want him to realize that he, if he's got a good voice, he can sing. If he doesn't have a good voice, he can sing. Maybe not a solo in church, but he can sing. Why? Because he has something to sing about. But when we have mistrust, we begin to pull away from our relationship. We begin to cause a a, a rift. uh, James 1.6 says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. What's going to cause us to waver? Mistrust. For he that wavereth is as a wave of the sea uh, with the wind tossed. For let... Not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. Oh, but I, I, I've got someone that I need to pray for. They, they've got cancer. Then you need, to, you need to fix your trust. Oh, we don't like that, do we? Oh, but my, my, my kids, they, they, they're away from God. Then fix your trust so that way maybe God can hear you and not have this rift between, this barrier between you. Not only that, but it creates fear and anxiety. If you go with me to... Uh, we, we, we go to uh, verse number 6 of chapter 1. It says, My son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where's mine honor? If I be a master, where's my fear, saith the Lord of hosts? That word fear is not the same fear I'm talking about. This, this, is, this is reverence. It's respect. He goes, where's my reverence? And they replied, Wherein have we despised thy name? Verse 7, ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and ye say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, the table of the Lord is contemptible, and ye offer the blind and sacrifice it, uh, and, and for sacrifice. Is it not evil? Ye offer the lame and the sick. Is it not evil? Offer now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Or accept thy persons? Thy, thy person, saith the Lord of hosts. He's saying, look, why don't you offer the things that you're putting on the sacrifice to your governor? See if they take that. I, I, I understand the, the, the normal trend in, uh, of casual, uh, casualness within the church and everything. 
And, and I understand the trope here, but if you were meeting with someone that you had a high level of respect for, would, would you come in to that meeting with shorts and, and a, a tank top, some glasses, barefoot? No, you'd probably dress up. I'm not saying that for church necessarily, but we, 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 you see how we immediately go, oh, well, <laughs> I, I, let me choose the easiest resort for me within my relationship. Let me take the path, of, the path of least resistance. And then when it's called out, we start pointing to all this. Well, we did this, we did this, we did this. God doesn't care about all of that. All of that was done just to put a show. They, were they sacrificing? Absolutely. They were putting the sacrifices out. They were, they were making sure that the, there was bread on the, on, the, on the showbread altar. They were making sure that there was a lamb uh, to be slain. They were making sure that, that the incense was lit. They were making sure that they were a part of it all. But here's the problem. They weren't giving what was good. They weren't giving from their heart. They were giving from their fear. Well, I mean, we'll, 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 do, we'll do this so that way God, God will be, he'll, he'll bless us. You know, there are some people that give to the church because they want God to bless them. And by the way, that's okay. Except for if that's your only reason to give. I'm giving so that way, at the end of that verse in chapter 3, so that way he can pour down his blessings. And Oh, man, I'll, 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 be, I'll, I'll be rich and, and prosperous. No, God never said he was going to do that. Just because he says he's going to pour out your blessings never means that you'll be rich. But we do so much out of fear and anxiety that, oh, maybe if I I don't do this, then God's going to curse me because I did it. No, he's cursing them anyway, even though they did it. And because of that, we we live in a, a state of, oh, am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? That is not a relationship. That is work. That's why in Philippians uh, 4, as he's talking to the church of uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, uh, Philippians there, he tells them, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. We, we, we always focus on the be careful for nothing. But the focus there is on thanksgiving. Because we are thankful for what God has already done for us. You can never outgive God. You know that? You're, God's never going to go, whoa, you've done whoa, all that. Wow. You served all weekend at church. Oh, wow. To think I only gave my only son. Man, it's, oh, man. You gave two hours? 
Whoa! We are never going to impress God with all of that. And yet we consistently live in fear and anxiety that if I don't do this, oh, then I'm not going to be a good Christian anymore. And if I don't do this, we might as well be called uh, uh, Baptist Catholics. Let me say my 50 Hail Marys and and, uh, do do one of these and God's going to be pleased with me. Or let me bring it down to where we're at. If I just go to church, if, if, I, if I bring my Bible, if I serve in a ministry, if I uh, 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 give, give, you know, give some tithe, then I'm good. Absolutely not. I know a lot of people that do that and are so far away from God, you have no idea. What does a lack of trust do? It misses opportunities and blessings. Look at chapter 2. Chapter 2 of Malachi. He says, And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you, if ye will not hear, if ye will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord, I will even send a curse upon you. How is that an opportunity? Because he, he shares what the opportunity would have been in verse number 5. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for a fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity is not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did not turn away from, uh, and, and did turn uh, many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they shall seek the law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. We find here that God says, I brought life and peace to those that actually served me and cared about me and reverenced me. And you I will curse. What was the difference? One took uh, care of the opportunity because they just trusted God's promises. They just said, you know what? God said this. I will follow it. I will keep it. We know that verse. If you love me, keep my commandments. That does not mean do a bunch of good things and now you love me. No, no, no. If you first have the heart of love, you will then keep my commandments. But here's the easy way of doing it. Here's the, here's the, the, the uh, modern day Christian way of doing it. I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. So I love you now, right? Absolutely not. We miss opportunities. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Impossible. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
our lack of trust creates spiritual stagnation. What do I mean by that? You ever, you ever leave maybe water in a closed container for too long? We're talking about water, pure water. Water has no flavor, although some water tastes better than others. But, but water really has no flavor. There's no, there's no sugar in it or anything like that to enhance its flavor. It's just water, right? How is it when you put water in a container and leave it there that when you open it up, it smells rank? Bad. I, I had one of my uh, water canisters and it fell underneath my seat and I completely forgot about it. The other day, Liam, when we were in the car, Chloe remembers, he opens this up and he goes, oh, oh, this smells so bad. Guys, smell it. Smell it. He was sticking in everyone's face. Smell it. Dad, you got to smell it. This smells like someone's socks. Smell it. Smell it. Oh, and I was like, if it smells so bad, close it up, man. And so he closed it like 30 seconds later. Oh, man, that's so bad. How? How? It stayed in the same place it's always been. It didn't move. It just stayed there. You know what mistrust does? Instead of growing, you stay. There is no change. There is no, there is no uh, 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 relationship there because it just stays. My, my life verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But then it immediately follows that. Lean not into your own understanding. What is that? Mistrust. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What is that? That's growth. We, we continue to follow after, follow after, follow after, follow after. What does he do? Okay, I'll direct your path. It is no secret how much my favorite basketball player of all time is Kobe Bryant. No secret. I love, I love Kobe Bryant. And because of that, what, I followed his career. I remember in high school. We were, we were in high school around the same time. Went to Lower Marion High School. I remember... He, when, when he declared he was going to the NBA and he had, he had uh, 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 offers from Duke and he had uh, offers from uh, 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 every, almost every uh, uh, big college. And, but he, he was thinking about going to Duke to play for Coach K. He got picked up by the Charlotte Hornets and was a Charlotte Hornet for a whole 30 minutes before they traded him for 
a, a, a package to send him to the Los Angeles Lakers. Amen. <laughs> he didn't play much his first uh, couple years. And when he did play, he showed flashes of brilliance and flashes of idiocy. One of the great plays that uh, he's known for is being put in uh, uh, after Eddie Jones had fouled out. He got put in in uh, Utah. Uh, it was uh, game, I believe it was game six, I believe. He goes, he goes up, and it's last second, he takes that last shot on the elbow, and it looks so good, except it was about three feet short. Complete air ball. They lost the game and the series. I followed his whole career. By the way, because I followed his whole career, I can, I can sit there and I can tell you plays. I can tell you things that m- the average person would have no idea. Why? Because I followed him. I stopped following the Lakers as strict after he retired. I don't think I've watched a full Laker game in years. Can I can I tell you something? What you follow is what you want. But if you aren't following God because you have mistrust, let me tell you something. You will want nothing with Him. And you'll stay stagnant. And you won't grow. Which ultimately leads to disobedience. Uh, The children of Israel and Malachi here are disobeying God, are they not? They are disobeying because they're supposed to give the best. They're supposed to, they're supposed to make sure that they've, they've, they've tried the, 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 the lamb that was going for the sacrifice. They're supposed to make sure that uh, they, they, they were uh, making sure that the bread was fresh that would go on the showbread altar. They were supposed to make sure that they were, they were giving their heart to what was happening there in the temple. But they said, nah, I'm good. That's too much effort. It's too much energy. And because of that, they've fallen into disobedience. And because they've fallen out of disobedience, you know what they're missing in their life? Peace. When you lose trust, you lose peace of mind. Isaiah 26.3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. So how do we change this? How do we prove God? How do we get to the point where we... Uh, God actually... Only time in Scripture He challenges us 
Prove me now. How do we do it? Number one. Listen to his promises. Listen to his promises. He's already said in in, in, uh, verse number two of chapter one, I love you. If God was good enough to love you, to save you, to redeem you, let me tell you, what is going to change? Right? In fact, would you go up chapter three, look at verse number six. For I am the Lord. I change not. If he was good enough to save you, he is good enough to keep saving you. If he was good enough to love you, he is good enough to keep loving you. And by the way, if he's good enough to take care of you back then, he's good enough to take care of you later. Why? Because he doesn't change. We do. And if we start having mistrust in God, let me tell you what we're going to miss out. We're going to miss out on those promises. We're going to miss out on the fact that uh, uh, we can have peace that passes all understanding through Him. But if we continue to have that mistrust and that, that, that those walls put up around Him, we will miss out on that and constantly be aggravated. Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Hey, isn't he just going to do it? Isn't he just going to take care of you? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Yes. He can. He will. And nothing can stop that. There's a reason why when we get saved, it's not Temporary life. If you start to sin, you lose it. No, because it ceases to be eternal at that point. The promise that He will save you is an eternal promise. It is bounded by His character. His character does not change, nor does His promises change, nor does His word change. So therefore, we can rest on His promise knowing very well that it's not going to change. So I can go to God in prayer and maybe back then I prayed and I I had a zeal for God and I wanted to do all these things for God and I prayed and and God would answer them but now now maybe there's some apathy that's hit my life. Maybe there's some some things that have, have caused me to pull away from God and because of that, I feel like, ah, he's not gonna answer my prayer now. The only reason why he won't answer your prayer now is because your heart is away from him. Not because he can't still do it. We need to stand on his promises. Uh, Number two. We need to live in his blessings. Stand in those promises, but live in his blessings. You want to know what one of the greatest blessings we have within our Christian life is? 
The Word of God. Oh, yes, Pastor. Amen. The Word of God is a blessing. No, no, no. I want you to truly understand this. This Word of God is, the Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled in heaven. This thing that we hold in our hand is something that has been given from the eternal uh, uh, presence of God. So much so that it was upon His character that He said, I will preserve it. It is upon His character that says, I will uphold it. Not yours. Not your good talents. His character. There are people in China that would love to have this scripture. There are people in in, in some of these countries that would just, they would be so appreciative if they can just have a book of the Bible. I mean, they would take Leviticus. They would take take those books that we often skip over. And if if they could just have a piece of scripture, and yet we've got multiple of these around the house. We can pick our, 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 which one we want. We can pick if we want the leather one or if we want the, the hardback one. We can pick if we want the, 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 the black cover, the red cover, the brown cover, the blue cover, the one that has a, a, a nice uh, ornate cover on the top. We can pick the one that has the, the uh, colors uh, red for Jesus' words. We can pick the one that has the gold lining. We can pick the one that has the multiple bookmarks. We can pick the one that has the commentary. We can pick the one that doesn't have the commentary. We can pick, uh, we can pick all these different things. But here's what we're not picking. To live in it. Would you look at chapter 3, verse 16? (laughs) Then they that feared the Lord spake often to one another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. The book of remembrance was written before him. For them that feared the Lord and that the thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. And that day when I make up jewels and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him, serveth him. Then shall he return and discern between the righteous and the wicked. Between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. You know what he's saying? He's saying there's those that they're going to hear my word and they're going to go, hey man, do you hear that? I think we should just follow God. You hear, you hear what he said? I think we should follow him. And they start speaking about God's word. They start speaking to one another. And they start sharpening one another and encouraging one another. By the way, that's, that, that's the role of the church. We're, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, not because we just need to be in church because God says be in church, but because you have a role within the church. They say, oh, I don't have a role within the church. Then you're missing out on the opportunity. We need to live in our blessings. Hey, you, you know what? Live in the blessing. Some of you, how many of you woke up today and you, you were in a bed? Anyone? 
You woke up today, uh, or you had a roof over your head. Let's just say you woke up, you had a roof over your head. Okay, how many, you woke up, and you were able to get something to eat? Oh. How many, you were, you, you're not necessarily worried about when your next meal is going to come. Let me tell you, I'm already thinking about my next meal right now. How many of you, you were able to stand up today? Yes. Oh, how, how many of you, you almost got arrested coming to church because you were coming to church? Anyone? No? no? If, if you were driving 70 on a 25, maybe. <laughs> you, you, you didn't have to face any of that persecution? How many have to worry about when you leave here that the government's going to pull you and take you in and, and take you to a concentration camp because you went to church? Anyone have to worry about that? You say, well, pastor, come on. You're, 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 just, you're, 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 you're exaggerating all this. No, those are blessings that we get to live in. And if we forget them, let me tell you something. Here's what we do. We begin to say, oh, yeah, okay, but how has God even loved me? No, we live in those blessings, and the more we live in those blessings, and we understand, hey, praise God, I've got a church that I get to go to, and I, got, I, I, I woke up today, and I was able to get out of bed, and man, I, I don't have to worry about food on my table, or in fact, I, I've, the thing I've got to worry about is too much food on my table, and I, man, I, I was able to come to church, and I don't have to worry about what's going to happen because I went to church. Hey, if I want to, I can go to any restaurant in this area, and I can get food, and there's, there's a restaurant on practically every corner, and, and I can, I, I get to live, I get to have life, I can sing out if I want to, man, I can do all of this, Wow! Oh, well, pastor, come on. We all can do that. Don't make light of God's blessing. Because as the missionary told me yesterday when he called me, because he was afraid about what's going to happen when he has service this morning, and whether or not the, 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 those Muslims groups were going to come in and shoot up his church like they threatened him. We don't have to worry about that. You know what we may, our main worry is? That 10-ounce sheet that's keeping you down on the bed. Oh, I would go to church, but I'm just so tired. I'd go to church, but I mean, really, what's it going to do? I'd go to church, but it's boring. Pastor preaches too long, and I know I preach too long. My wife tells me all the time. <laughs> we need to live in those blessings that God gives us. Pastor Devin Ortiz, Senior Pastor of Victory Baptist Church of Fremont. This has been the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. To nominate your congregation for Church of the Week, please email us the name and address of your pastor and church along with a link to your church's website to churchoftheweek at salemsf.com. Again, that's the name and address of your pastor and church along with a link to the website 
and email to churchoftheweek at salemsf.com. While all submissions will be considered, not every submission is guaranteed airtime. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure to tune in again next week at this time for the Church of the Week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.